You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pullbox Podcast. I almost said welcome back to the Epic Marvel Podcast because I've been <laughs> making a lot of those episodes okay. lately. But uh, this is the Pullbox Podcast and I am your host, Curtis Finley. Uh, and, I, and I'm your other host, Michael Cohen. And this is episode number 65 and we're talking about Wolverine Old Man Logan. This is uh, to tie in with this very special weekend because it was the opening weekend of the Logan movie. Yeah. And both you and I saw that last night. Yeah. Yep, last night. Yeah, not together. No. In separate locations with our wives. (laughs) Actually, I went by myself. (laughs) Oh, did you go by yourself? Oh, I thought, okay. But that's okay. Um, Yeah, yeah initial reactions we'll get into uh, talking yeah. about the movie a little bit later but initial yeah. reactions i i thought it was a fantastic movie i thought it was great yeah. i thought it was it's the perfect way to end the uh the the, the non-marvel uh, uh associated um x-men movies which they won't they won't end <clears throat> uh it's a it's a it's up in the air at the moment and yeah. and the television show legion is the first joint uh marvel studios fox x-men property okay um and it very clearly has nothing to do with the films ah. it's uh it's a different continuity and they're working on a television show right now so well oh um, yeah that's right yeah so with those two things like those will be more connected to, to the marvel cinematic universe this is logan was obviously like it was part of the existing fox x-men franchise right so although not necessarily doesn't need to be much like deadpool um you know it it is but it also kind of isn't so right it's, it is a good standalone movie yeah, yeah. um but anyway it, yeah we'll we'll tie yeah, into gonna, that gonna, later yeah but also talk about the the movie and how it relates to the comic but we're also end. going to talk about the movie in great length um yeah. this friday yeah uh during a roundtable one of our youtube roundtables yeah yeah on uh one, one of our patreon uh thunderquack roundtables over on youtube uh youtube.com slash Thunderquack Podcast Network, Whoa. I think. Yeah, it's a heck of a URL because Google and the way that they do custom URLs does not make sense because <laughs> um, they make you do it through Google Plus. They auto-generate oh, okay. it from your Google Plus username or whatever, right, right. like your page name. It's the dumbest way to do it because otherwise it would just be Thunderquack. But uh, but yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, and what time is that? Uh, it'll be at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's when we'll start. We'll probably go for about an hour and a half, two hours, uh, like we usually do. And then uh, if you can't make it to that, obviously it's YouTube, so it's archived. But um, uh, if you want to listen to it after the fact, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack. And, uh, and if you kick in five bucks, you'll get access to the MP3. Nice. Um, soon after we do the, the spoiler cast. It's never like the next day (laughs) yeah i'm I'm not that i'm not that on top of things but um 
but yeah, it, they go up, they, this one will go up pretty quick because we want people to be able to get it. I, I, but uh, you'll I, at that five dollar level, you'll also get access to the uh, to the Epic Marvel podcast mm-hmm. um, interviews uh, early. So that's the. Well, you can explain better than I. Yeah, can. well, especially since this is a Marvel episode that we're talking about today, it would be uh, mm-hmm. it would be remiss of us to not talk about the Epic Marvel podcast, which yep. is our newest podcast starring me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and a series of rotating co-hosts where we talk about just little bits and chunks of the Marvel universe. Um, we're following the the line of uh, Marvel episodes. Marvel Epic Collection trades that have been coming out recently, mm-hmm. and so uh, basing our our episodes on those. And I've been interviewing a lot of people, yeah, uh, for this, and it's been quite fascinating and neat to talk to the creators. And I'm making all of those available for you to hear, but we're letting our Patreon supporters hear them first, yes, um, and then then I'll release them as uh, regular episodes later on. So check out EpicMarvelPodcast.com, and it's also Facebook, Twitter, yeah, um, all of those places. Yeah. But yeah, let's jump into Old Man Logan. Yes. Now, I uh, this is my first time reading this. Yeah, same for uh, me. Yeah, it came out, um, I think, in 2012 or so, maybe? Or no, no, 2008. Is it 2008-9? So it's almost 10 years old now. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's what I also didn't know is that it was actually part of the regular ongoing series. It mm-hmm. wasn't a miniseries or anything. It was it was Wolverine number 66 to 72. Okay. So, I um which is kind of cool. I'm I I I like that that they told an out of time yeah. out of context kind of story within the regular series and it yeah. didn't just uh shove it to the side with the I feel like I feel like X-Men is one of the only franchises that gets to do that cuz they deal with time travel and alternate <laughs> futures so often. Yeah. Because this is obviously an alternate future. Definitely. Um it, this is not the way that things are going to play out, but I I do you want to go over the premise or Sure. Um so 50 years in the future we have um oh actually let's just say in the very near future, all of the supervillains in the yeah. Marvel Universe have teamed up, they've organized, and they took over the whole, wor- whole world or just over the whole, America? The whole world. The whole world. Yeah. So they took over everything. And um, there's a map uh, somewhere in here where they, you've seen that um, Magneto and Kingpin and, and people yeah. have, have divvied up sections of, of, the, of the United States. And all of the heroes are either dead or have gone into hiding. Mm-hmm. So, 50 years, this story takes place 50 years in the future, and um, features Logan, he's old, and he has a family, and he's living in the outskirts of, uh, uh, what? Sacramento. In Sac- Oh, yeah, in Sacramento on the West Coast, and he's mm-hmm. trying to live his life as a farmer. Yeah. And he just doesn't, uh, he is not involved in any superheroics at all. Um, in fact, he refrains from violence and using his claws at all costs. He just yeah. doesn't want anything to do with that anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and this is a pretty messed up world. He he lives on land that is um, uh, it's it's run. It's not like the area is kind of under the control of these Hulk creatures. Yeah. Which. Uh, we find out our offspring of the Hulk and She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah. There's a little... And so, yeah, because of their kind of incestuous incestuous nature, um, they're they're not all there. And they're just... They're huge Hulk 
brainless kind of thugs. Yeah. And they go around. Hillbillies. They're, Hillbilly yeah, they're hulks. hillbilly hulks. Yeah. yeah. And they go around from to all of the different farms in the neighborhood and demand their, their you know, fee, protection fee for yeah. not bothering them anymore. And Logan is, uh, Logan can't afford to pay them this time around. Mm-hmm. So in order to get the money, he goes on a special mission or a road trip um, because Hawkeye contacts him. Yeah. And so the premise of the book is now they're just on this road trip across the country to the East Coast um, to to do whatever Hawkeye, it is, Hawkeye needs to do. And Wolverine's his driver. Yeah. Um, and, and he's going to pay him a large bunch of money. Um, and that's kind of it for the premise. So we yeah. can get into specifics and details there, yeah, but we sure. don't really need to, um, to, to talk about it further. Um, what were your thoughts on the book? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, one thing that I was not expecting, I thought it would be much more X-Men centric. Yeah. Um, and that the, the villains and, uh, uh, supporting characters would be X-Men related. Right. And in fact, uh, there are no other X-Men. Yeah. And, which is uh, a major plot point. Yeah. <laughs> major plot point to find out right at the end, uh, or towards the end why that is. But I, I, it, it's actually, it's much more of a Marvel story than it is a Wolverine specific story. Right. Um, and, and it, it's, it's it's definitely like it's a it's a western um it it starts off with that tone and you know yep. wolverine in his duster with the with his hat and everything looking very much like a clint eastwood style uh cowboy um just farming the land and trying to 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 stay out of things right yeah um which is very much like a, a clint eastwood-esque type story like you can almost Picture a much buffer, uh, more grizzled version of Clint Eastwood playing. <laughs> Can you get more grizzled than Clint yeah. Eastwood? <laughs> well, you would have to because it's because it's Logan. But right, um, yeah, and I, I, it it ends up actually like one of the most fun things about it is as as the story goes along, uh, uh, Logan's been um, disconnected from everything purposefully yeah and so he like like and there's no internet or anything like that yeah that we can really like the like infrastructure has completely broken down particularly in california because it's being run by the hulk so <laughs> um and his hillbilly gang so i i even though it is in the future and there's some glimpses at futuristic technology and parts of it, um, the different areas of the country are so disparate from each other. So Wolverine's managed to keep completely disconnected and has no idea what anything is. Like he doesn't know after, after a certain point in the conflict, he doesn't know anything. Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, Hawkeye basically has to explain everything to him. And then by virtue of explaining it to him, we get it explained to us. Which yep. is a, it's a uh, great premise. Yeah. It's, it's a good a, setup. It's, it's a very good framing device to, to, to get all the exposition out of the way. Um, but it was really cool. Sort of it's, it, it is, it's a road trip story yep. and it's very much, um, the different uh, uh, highway attractions that they see along the way. It is. Um, I'm reminded of like um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it has that kind of similar 
setup and, and even a feel kind of like the odd couple yeah for um, sure. road trip yeah for sure um and yeah i uh, we we sort of like there there's no heroes left that's one of the biggest things is that the the villains um when they all got together i they they kind of took the gloves off and stopped goofing around and so they they massacred all of the heroes um and and i uh, i think one of the biggest things is that they pitted i uh, different arch nemeses against against different heroes so you've got people uh going up against characters that they don't normally go up against yeah which, which is, was a huge it was a huge story in the 90s called acts of vengeance mm. where they did that exact thing where okay. all of the villains swapped yeah and um like magneto fought spider-man and, okay. and um and that kind of thing thor fought juggernaut and yeah so but they, they they weren't organized though like they were here so it wasn't no as yeah effective. yeah so um they have like this whole plan and by the end of it we discover they're they're kind of cagey about it they just refer to him as the president yeah right uh and then at the end or near the end we discover you kind of it's kind of like a game of guess who you're yep. going like, well, it's only one of like five or six characters. Right. And as you go through the story, you're going like, okay, well, it's not Magneto. Yeah. It's not the Kingpin. Uh, it's in fact, the Kingpin that's referred to in this story is not is the not, Kingpin. Yeah, it's not Wilson else. Fisk. Um, it, you know, like it's not so-and-so. It's not, not so- Dr. Doom. Yeah, it's not Dr. Doom. So you kind of realize right there uh, as you're getting there, you've kind of eliminated everybody and you go, well, obviously it's the Red Skull. <laughs> and I, I... And and so yeah, like we kind of we kind of get there, and we, I, that's kind of like the 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 culmination of everything because you discover that the Red Skull is the one who organized everybody. Yeah, he's the one who put everyone together, and and he has a monologue. Well, like I don't know why we didn't consider it sooner. Right. Um, and and you know, I there are plenty of stories. I mean, in in the Spider-Man comics, it's classic, right? Every time the Sinister Six gets together, it's never Spider-Man that defeats them. They kind of always yeah. defeat themselves, yeah. right? Because that you can't get that many bad guys in one place without them starting to with egos, uh, yeah, and, sniping yeah. each other and and getting in each other's way and yeah. that sort of thing. The second that Shocker screws up, it always falls apart, right? <laughs> He's always the weakling. It's either Shocker or Rhino. One of those two is always the weak link right um but uh yeah so uh, the the red skull finally gets everybody organized and together uh to uh to to take down the heroes and they do they manage to do it and and uh, i they take out everybody but you know this sort of small handful of characters we don't really hear about too many of them we sort of like offhandedly but um but it's really just like Wolverine is still around. I, I although he doesn't go by Wolverine anymore. Now he's just Logan, um, for a, for a purpose. Uh, and and Hawkeye, it, like we mentioned before, because Hawkeye <laughs> is one of those characters that like, well, he hasn't always been a good guy. He was right. always, he, he 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 starts off as a bad guy and and uh, well, and he's the he's um if he need like survival is always kind of foremost for him i think yeah. and so he'll he'll go and hide before he'll go and face all yeah, of the bad it, guys it's actually really weird cuz if you're only familiar with hawkeye from the marvel cinematic universe you you i think you would actually be a little bit confused because especially by the point in civil war when he comes back they kind of painted him as the most altruistic out of all of them. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and if you, if you read the most recent Hawkeye comic books, the Matt Fraction stuff, 
um, it, they go to great lengths to point out that that is not Hawkeye. He is right. not altruistic. He is not a goody goody, which hero. is why he's still alive here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like the the only the only characters that are still around are either the bad guys or the ones who existed in sort of a gray area. Yeah, right. Because because Hulk is one of the bad guys, but again, Hulk is a character who, like in the original sort of incarnation of the comics. Uh, you didn't really need supervillains that often because the Hulk himself was kind of Bruce Banner's greatest villain. Yeah. Right. And that's what you, you kind of well, kind of learn by the end of this. Even through there are periods of history where, um, depending on where his gamma radiation was at, um, yeah. like the Mister Fixit era, it was yeah. Hulk when he was um, he had the he he had his uh, intelligence still, yeah. but his moral code was totally different. He did things for money, like he yeah. was. It was he wasn't a hero. He'd yeah. go and smash things if you paid him the big bucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not a stretch to see him be yeah. that kind of person here too. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I would have really liked to have seen in this is is I uh, the flip of that. It's like they really got that idea that not all the heroes are heroic. Some of them are sort of a little bit more in the gray area, but on the flip side of that, not all the bad guys are evil. Some of them actually think what they're doing is right. Some of the best ones. Right. And so uh, I would have liked to have seen a bad guy sort of come to their aid at some point, but uh, that's sort of the one piece where I, by the time that I finished, I was like, that was cool. But like, you know, there's gotta be one, one of these bad guys. Actually, I shouldn't say that Dr. Doom lets them go. (laughs) <laughs> he he lets them go through his territory and yeah. like you see that like he's like standing over and watching them as they pass through his territory and he just lets them go because i think you know it's victor von doom he's probably but he's looking at it from the perspective of of well they're if, gonna take if they take out the red skull that'll Wol- just benefit me <laughs> yeah if wolverine kills the red skull i get the red skull's territory yeah. right because nobody's gonna compete with right. dr doom um, Dr. Doom from the comics, not Dr. Doom from the movies. And that guy's a pushover. But <laughs> uh, in the comics, he's kind of, he's one of those characters that's impossible to defeat. But um, but yeah, I, I, I loved it. I, I loved how gritty it gets. I love I love the the violence level of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a what if story yeah. to the next level. And, yeah. and I love these, uh, especially because we've been, readers for such a long time i love just the different versions of the future and when like age of apocalypse i love that and this is just another one of those moments where they throw in all of these obscure references like the spider mobile from the 70s like where did that come from and it's just there um plays a pretty big role too yeah and and it's kind of the third character on the road trip right um, it's just, uh, it's a story that's written for people who have been fans for a long time. Yeah, it is definitely, um, it's one of those love letter type stories of like, cause it is a what if it's, it's all this great stuff of like, well, when, when Thor is defeated and Mjolnir hits the ground, it's just going to stay there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, and so it, it just happens to have, have fallen in, uh, in, in Nevada, like basically in Vegas. Yeah. And so they've built this superhero Mecca around it. Yeah. And that's such a cool concept that like all these people who still believe like that, they believe that one day the heroes will return. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna gather around these artifacts. Right. right. And, and so Mjolnir, it kind of becomes Excalibur, this sword in the in the right. stone yeah. sort of thing. Very true. Um, and 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 everybody's kind of there waiting for that moment when 
he who is worthy will uh, will will pick up the the hammer and become Thor and save the day. Um, the the I think one of the best things is that um, the least worthy of all of the superheroes uh, in in terms of the ones that are popular is is the central figure in this story, right? I mean, like Wolverine is 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 checkered past to say the least, right? Yeah. Again, another character introduced as a villain in the Hulk comics. Right. Um, well, and, yeah, you can easily call him an antihero. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that I think that Wolverine is one of the characters that you can credit with creating the comic book yeah. antihero yeah. trope, right? Um, Wolverine Probably. is whenever anybody's trying to. I mean, like when you look at Spawn, that's what Todd McFarlane's trying to do. He took the visual appeal of Spider Man added some chains and spikes and, and the personality and a cape and the personality. Yeah. It took Dr. Strange's cape and uh, the personality of Wolverine. And, and there you have spawn, you know, like yeah. uh, it's, it, it's very easy to see the, the, the way that the, that character stacks up when you look at, at the history of comics and Wolverine is such an important character in that respect. So th- this is a really cool deconstruction of that character, right? Cause you yeah. kind of put him through the ringer in order to find out what he's really made of. Yeah. But at the same time, um, he's, he is uh, so compassionate yeah. like with his family yeah. and especially about the history, the reasons why he's, um, he is the way he is in this book. Yeah. And, um, should we get into that? Like that's, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go ahead. Well, the, um, the, when, when the villains organize, they send a group of them over to the X mansion to, to do away with all the X men. And there's yep. this huge battle and Wolverine, uh, pretty much single-handedly takes out all of the villains. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and it's such a dramatic moment when one of the villains, says why are you doing this we're your friends yeah and then all of a sudden he's looking down and it's jubilee yeah and um which is of course out of all of the characters to be saying that he's got such a history with jubilee yeah so um and it turns out that it was mysterio um causing an illusion to make all of the x-men look like villains so he took out everybody yeah all of the x-men and probably with little resistance yeah, because they were his friends. Uh, yeah, yeah. As Mysterio says, it's like you know, I, I could Wolverine under normal circumstances take out all of these characters? No, but because they're friends, they, they everybody hesitated, yeah. right? So, like they are were confused because Wolverine was attacking. So, and yeah. because of that, he vowed never to use his to, to, again, to yeah. use his claws again, and yeah. and uh, and went and hid, and yeah. and uh, after trying to kill himself, <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, and that's um, it's it's just an interesting way because you don't see, yeah, like Wolverine's always been a loner, yeah, but this showed that that was that's just an act for the most part, yeah, because once he actually really was alone, he it, he was beside himself, he couldn't yeah. handle it, yeah, yeah, well, and and it it that's why I say it's such a great deconstruction of the character because you have this character who starts as a villain. Um, and you know, we learn about all the weapon X stuff and, and alpha flight and all that sort of thing becomes a member of the X-Men in the seventies. Yeah. Yep. Um, when the X-Men underwent one of their, uh, uh, actually probably their biggest re revamp, right? Well, it was, they had canceled the title. It was yeah. in reprints for like 
three or four years or something yeah. like that. And they're like, well, we got to do something with this property. Yeah. We'll introduce a slew of new characters. Yeah. So uh, Wolverine, along with like Storm and, and a few other characters, they were kind of like the yeah, edgy. Night, Nightcrawler and yeah. Banshee. And yeah. They were meant to be Colossus. sort of this uh, uh, almost anti-X-Men because the X-Men were such goody goodies yeah. in the original series. And well, and so, it was multicultural yeah. and it yeah. was, yeah, it was just uh, it, yeah, quite a revamp. Um I actually, if you want to get a really great in-depth history on the X-Men, um, uh, comic book, comic book girl 19 on YouTube does these, uh, epic history, uh, uh, videos and they're like, they are like an, an hour long each. And she's done three of them so far recapping the, the history of the X-Men all the way from the beginning. Oh, wow. Um, up through the, the dark Phoenix saga. So it like, they're so good. They are so, so good. And if you are a hardcore X-Men fan, it's fun to just go back and like relive all that stuff. And if you are somebody who's only, you know, read modern stuff or only knows the X-Men, uh, in relation to the greater Marvel universe or more, more than likely as most people, of our generation are you are only familiar with the X-Men through the nineties cartoon, yeah, right. <laughs> then this is a great way of, of going back and learning the, the full history of the X-Men. Cool. Um, but I, 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 where was I going with that? I don't know. Where, where were we before? I got, I got totally got sidetracked <laughs> by that. Um, well, we were just talking about the well, fact that he was, oh, a, yeah, he, he was the, a villain when he first started yeah. and, Um, yeah. So like Wolverine starts as this anti-hero and then, uh, through the course of the comics becomes a member of the team and, and, uh, ends up becoming obviously the most popular member of the X-Men. Oh yeah. Um, and by virtue of becoming the most popular member of the X-Men, basically the star of that title in, in many, and the Avengers and and yeah, (laughs) yeah, in many, many Wolverine and uh, fantastic four for a little while. Um, and so he became he becomes a family man, right? Yeah. Because he becomes he becomes part of this the 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 uh, sort of uh, patchwork family that is Xavier's school, um, and it always feels like it's a little bit reluctant. But like you say, you know, he 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 puts up the front of a loner, but at the end of the day, yeah. uh, he he values that family more than anything so when the when the bad guys take it away from him or more accurately make him take it away from himself uh it's something that he can't live with but what do you do when you are immortal and you can't live with your choices or what you like the repercussions of your actions and that's kind of that's everything that sets up old man logan and 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 the the direness of of the uh the the story. And then I feel like everything else, the world around him is just the pathetic fallacy that informs the inner turmoil of that character. Right. And and that pathetic fallacy is a very, very fancy term uh, that we all learn in grade school and then forget very quickly uh, in, in, in your English class. But I, it's something that I feel um, in comics gets lost a lot of the time because especially when you're using a shared universe, you, you don't have the room to, to play with your setting in order to inform something about your character. But that, that I think that is where what if stories do such a great job, right? 
because you are able to through something like old man Logan or age of apocalypse, uh, uh, or days of future past. Um, yeah. Place them in no win situations. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Sa- and, and show the chaos of, of our characters stories and, and their, their struggle with it or like the direness of a situation by showing just how far the world has fallen in these circumstances. And then you get the, the core of the true core of the characters yeah. through through that comes out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and, and like, see, this is the thing is that Marvel is so good at it. They've done it so many times. Um, and they explore their characters through this. Um, or, and, and sometimes just by stuff through stuff, like, like taking all of their characters and moving them into a completely different scenario, like secret war. Yeah. Right. But they've, they've gotten so good at it. And then meanwhile, you look over at DC and, um, DC is great at the crisis. They're great at, at bringing all of their characters together to fight one common threat. Um, which, which, uh, Marvel does as well, but I think that DC does it better. But when DC tries to do the what if stories in that way, in, yeah. in that same sort of like age of apocalypse, old man, Logan way, um, you end up with, with flashpoint and new 52 flashpoint was all right, but the real problem is that is that they do lose the core of the characters. They decide to do something edgy, and when you do something edgy in DC, you lose the thread, <laughs> right? Because some of those well, characters are are like because that's not you where have they the live. iconic altruistic archetypes with yeah. most of those DC characters, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's been that way since the yeah. beginning of these companies' existence, yeah, for sure. But you can see them like cribbing notes from Marvel. Uh, but Marvel, who I uh, we've talked about this many times whenever we the conversation of DC versus Marvel comes up, Marvel always having that one foot very firmly grounded in reality means that their characters have that added dimensionality. Yeah. Um, Tony Stark is not entirely a good guy. He does do things for selfish reasons. Um, Captain America at times is a little bit too altruistic he's a little bit too idealistic and that is um like that's a that's that's sort of a play on the on the uh the sort of like jingoistic nature of america and the nationalist sort of pride right um and it's play sometimes that he he plays against that as well definitely like through stories like civil war but most of the time they use that but then sort of it's this American zealotry with his character. Right. Um, but like they, they point out the flaws of the characters by keeping them grounded. And so you can, when you flip that world on its head, you, you really draw out what those flaws are. And so with Wolverine and in this story, you're really like pulling out, um, some of some of Wolverine's greatest flaws. Yeah. And one of those biggest things is the self-doubt, right? And and that self-doubt and that self-hatred is something that that um always holds the character back in 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 his stories. It's always that thing that um and it is the thing that he hates Scott Summers the most for because <laughs> Cyclops is one of the most confident controlling like like scott summers walks into a room and he's a natural born leader and and everybody follows him right um just by nature of his sheer charisma um and does that lead way to arrogance and bluster and all of those sorts of things absolutely and uh you know we're gonna talk about a lot of that 
on an upcoming episode <laughs> down down the road just to tease that a little bit um but i i it it's it, it does in but go back and inform the character of wolverine and and i uh, and and the fact that like he when people hate him he gets really mad because or like point out his flaws it's it's really frustrating for him because he knows everything that he's done wrong right yeah. especially especially later on down the road and like this um old man logan takes place in a in a time period an offshoot after a point in which wolverine has regained all of his memories right he knows that he's james howlett he knows everything that he's done um and so he he knows the the atrocities and the horrors that he's committed um and then and then killing the x-men uh his his only real family is sort of like the the last straw that yeah it it pushes him over the edge but that actually ends up kind of being his redemption, right? Um, it is, and then he starts. He settles down and yeah. and has a family and such. Yeah, and lives a peaceful life. Yeah, for fifty years. Yeah, um, but then his family is then killed while he's on this road trip. Yeah, and so we talked about the X Men being like the breaking point for him. Yeah, this was the second breaking point, yeah. and he it brings all that back. Brings it all back. So I really like um, anything. Any, I really like anything that Mark Millar writes because he yes. he knows how to get inside characters and really bring out those those um, just essential qualities yeah. that make them who they are. He he doesn't matter who he writes. Um, he knows every one of them. So when he did the Ultimates, um, when they did the whole Ultimate Universe and they yeah. reintroduced the Avengers as the Ultimates, and he was in charge of that. It was yeah. just, it was fantastic because he re revisioned those characters, yeah. but the core of them was still there. Yeah. It was like the extreme core. Well, that's, of them. yeah. When I talk about, when I talk about Captain America and pushing him to the extreme, and when you start to see like that American zealotry come yeah. out it the ultimates is one of the best examples of that yeah um one of the greatest lines in that is i i i think it's i think i think it's in the second volume um he's defeated he's he's got a bad guy like uh, down on the ground and the and the guy is like is like oh, you won't do it. he's got like the shield raised up and he's like you won't do it you know it's actually it's very similar to a scene in in old man logan yeah um Hey, is, you you don't you don't have the guts or something like that and and I I Captain America says uh, what do you think this A on my forehead stands for France and <laughs> kills the guy and you're like oh man that is like that is an extreme version of Captain America for sure Mark Mark Millar it, that's so funny because they're both his books so yeah like and and this obviously happens sign- or not significantly after but like quite a few years after about uh, 5 or 6 i think yeah. yeah so um i do think that he's echoing a little bit of that like when i was reading that i was like oh that is totally like the yeah. ultimate's captain america sort right. of thing um and it was really cool cuz this is one of the those 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 tidbits of trivia that people will get uh, uh caught up on cuz you ask the question how which characters have wielded Captain America's shield in the comics, right? And and I mean it's a long list, but I don't know that Wolverine's ever used the shield <laughs> right. in any of the comics, but yeah. he does in this. Yeah. And he does it to kill 
Red Skull, which I think is so Red Skull's like final moment where he's like, no, because he sees the shield, like he sees Wolverine pick up the shield, and he's like, oh, not because <laughs> yeah, because Captain America isn't Steve Rogers. Captain America is that shield in yeah. the comics, right? Like that is. It's it's such a thing where like you know whether it's Cap, uh, Steve Rogers, or it's Bucky, or, or it's, Sam Wilson, yeah, Sam Wilson, yeah. or in this instance, it's Wolverine. For those few moments that Wolverine is carrying the shield, he he's Captain, Captain America, America. Yeah. and and he defeats the Red Skull once and for all, and and you know I I theoretically is going to be putting putting the the America back on on the way to uh, I. A, a peaceful world again right um but yeah yeah i i mean i could i could talk about so many of the different facets of this book oh i know so there are so many different and we, yeah, yeah we haven't even touched on like half of the things that are in here no for um, sure but uh, i think we've the, got the, the venom symbiote on a tyrannosaurus rex for starters <laughs> right which is just well, cool that's and that's part of the charm of this book too yeah. is that it's not afraid to be completely ridiculous yeah oh it, totally it, stupid it yeah. is a very very serious yeah. western um yeah. but you have hillbilly hulks and and venom dinosaurs and yeah uh it, it it's just so funny at the same yeah, time yeah yeah it's it's off the wall but at the same time like wolverine logan manages to stay so grounded throughout the whole story that you're like okay right um yeah yeah and the art was by steve mcniven is just phenomenal it is he yeah. captures this world just perfectly yeah. and it's yeah. his his style he's got a very kind of gritty style um yeah. he he can go either way like i remember when he did Civil War, he it was uh, it was his his art was kind of clean and a lot more streamlined and, and mm. such um, because we we're dealing with Captain America and that kind of thing. But yeah. then this one, like it's still he just adds a lot more of the details and shadows to yeah. to give it this um, this really it's terrible got world. It, we've we've talked about it tons of times before. It's like that that grotesque beauty, right? Like it's. You you get the detail to such a degree that that things are ugly, yeah. But that kind of makes it beautiful, yeah. You know, like the gore and the 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 extreme nature of of uh, some of these things, and and then like the the grotesque nature of some of the characters. The the artwork becomes beautiful in that sort of extreme yeah um well and, and he's just an excellent storyteller too yeah, he's very cinematic so cinematic yeah, and yeah. and really really great yeah yeah um yeah for sure it's a it's it's a great great story and it's obvious why i i um it was selected as basically the foundation for the final hugh jackman wolverine story yeah right. why don't we touch a little bit on about, about that yeah now so, i know this is opening weekend yeah. so we're not going to go heavy into spoilers yeah not not like super spoilery but you know there's some stuff that it'll be hard to talk about without giving things away but, so just listen at your own discretion yeah um but i i there are some really like it's funny because you you were saying to me before we started recording that you feel it didn't the, that Logan didn't really draw that much from the comics. That they're very right. different stories. I they're they're both road trips. They're both westerns. They're both road trips. But that's about as far as it yeah. gets. Um, but there are some very key story points that I think are drawn directly from this. Um, 
and and without without having read Old Man Logan, I think that some people will actually be in the dark on on what I think is actually one of the most important story points in the whole in the whole movie. So this is super spoilery. This one part is going to be super <laughs> okay. spoilery. But that is I I with I uh, Charles Xavier. Yeah. One of the last things that he says in the film is it alludes to the idea that that he killed the X-Men. Right. Right. That's why there are no more mutants. That's why that's why the X-Men aren't around. That's why it's just him and Wolverine, because right early on in the movie, they kind of foreshadow it um, when when he's having one of his seizures and Wolverine can withstand it. And Caliban says, it nearly killed me. You you can at least resist it, and that's yeah. sort of your moment where you go like, "Well, if this was really out of control and they couldn't stop it, all of the X Men would have been dead." Yeah, uh, and then they refer to it as the Westchester incident, but incident that's, and all that sort of thing. But that didn't put their deaths on Logan. No, it didn't put them on Logan, but it it they transferred that part of the story onto Charles Xavier. Yeah, right. Um, and I thought that that was effective, but it's effective for this one. It, it's it serves a completely different purpose for the yeah. book because that's why Wolverine is withdrawn and for doesn't sure. do violence or anything like that. Sure. So Wolverine, in that sense, yeah. is not the same in the movie. He yeah, like for I, the very first scene we see, I do think it's it's similar, right? Because it is it is a matter of like one of the reasons why Logan in in the movie Logan is is withdrawn is because he has lost his family. Yep. But he doesn't feel that same sort of responsibility. No, not that direct responsibility. Yeah. I don't think. But, um, but yeah, it, it, like that—that that is definitely a, a similarity. Um, and then the fact, like the, the the like we talked about, the road trip stuff is very similar. Um, they they kind of they hit some very similar i uh, i uh, sort of like road marker type atmospheres because one of like they stop in do they stop in reno or something like that they stop somewhere with like casinos or whatever and that that just alluded to the vegas stuff for me as well yeah i guess um, so a little bit but i the um the point of the movie is so completely different oh yeah point of this one that it's uh it's hard you can't really compare it it, well it's as different from this comic as all of the x-men film stories have been different from the true comics. yes days of future past is completely different than, than <laughs> yeah. the comic um yeah and not 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 in a good way i yeah but i i think i think one of the biggest things is is this the style um now like the, it is not a post-apocalypse in in logan so right um there's only so far that they can push that but they do they do move the characters into um remote locations so that you get that same sort of empty feeling yeah. that you get in, in old man Logan. Yeah. So I do think like that was definitely an inspiration, but the biggest reason why the two stories differ so much is what we talked about at the beginning of this, which is that like old man Logan is a love letter to the Marvel universe. Yes. I uh, Logan does not take place in the Marvel universe. It no. takes place in the X-Men movie franchise yeah. universe. So there are, I feel a couple of um, a couple of nods to the X Men um, and and to X Men stories. Um, obviously, the biggest the biggest inspiration, the biggest thing that comes out of uh, existing X Men stories is the introduction of X twenty three. Right. Um, but there's some other stuff. I mean, like I I 
I'm sure that somebody who knows more about the tertiary X-Men characters would be able to point out more of the characters, but there are a Oh bunch yeah, of, like all the new mutants. <laughs> there are a bunch of yeah, all the, these kids new mutants. The only one that really popped out for me was Richter. Right. Right. Um because we actually see his name written down um and then he uses his powers at the end. I, you're kind of waiting for it, right? Yes. Um you know that when he uses his powers what they're going to This be. is getting pretty spoilery. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm, we warned you. Yeah. Um but uh, yeah, there there are it, they use X Men stuff to pepper throughout yeah. instead of um, instead of using Marvel stuff, which I think it's a little bit like all of the X Men films. It's a little less rich for that, you know, like right. because they have to shy away from well, no, larger I think Marvel connections. I think that worked well for Logan. Um, yeah, it it would have been a little bit more ridiculous if Magneto had shown up or something right <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah no you couldn't i don't you you couldn't have had some of that more off the wall stuff because it was a very um it was a very personal personal yeah. story yeah for sure for sure cool well if you want to hear more about the movie logan oh and there's lots more to hear there's so much more like like you say like oh we're getting pretty spoilery that there there are a couple <laughs> of really big spoilers that like i don't know how i didn't manage to hear about any of this stuff and like how the movie managed to get away with, with some of the stuff that it did. It's, it is such a fantastic movie. So, you know, if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, well, I'm sorry if we ruined the movie for you, but I don't think that we have, I think there's lots more to to discover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about that in the spoiler. (laughs) Good. For sure. Um, well, speaking of movie tie-ins, the, my poll for next month is going to be, Ghost in the Shell, yeah, which will tie in with uh, the movie the release of that one, which is titled. Uh, I don't know if it's officially titled, but in the marketing, it is certainly titled this way. It is titled uh, in a much larger font, Scarlett Johansson, and then colon underneath that, Ghost in the Shell. Um, <laughs> no I saw, way. yeah, I saw a TV spot for with it with a colon, even. Well, no, I'm just saying the oh. way that they refer to oh, it. Okay, because um, she's the big star. Yeah, the, there. I saw a commercial, and the commercial was Scarlett Johansson ghost in the shell and it was like um actually it's ghost in the shell starring scarlett johansson <laughs> but that and it you know the scarlett johansson part is very problematic but you know and she's um she's willing to or she the, hollywood trusts her enough to to, yeah. to use her as a huge selling point for this movie yeah yet we don't have a black widow movie yeah it's it's it is kind of astounding, right? Yeah. But um, I, yeah, we'll talk way more in depth about that. <laughs> oh, that issue, when, yeah. When we when we talk about Ghost in the Shell, for, for sure. sure. Good, cool. Um, next week we are going to be talking about Superman. This is your poll, Superman: yes. uh, The Rebirth, um, first volume, which is called Son of Superman. Yep. And then the week after that, we are doing uh, We Stand on Guard, which is the Brian K. Vaughn and Steve Skros book. Mm-hmm. so we hope you will join us for those ones cool uh, we will see you guys next week keep reading comics for more episodes of the Pullbox Podcast visit us at pullboxpodcast.com or on iTunes you can find me on various social media websites just search for Curtis Findlay and that's Curtis with a K you can follow me on Twitter at ArkWolf A-R-K-W-U-L-F and you know on Tumblr other social medias as well uh, go to patreon.com slash thunderquack to support us where you can kick in as little as a dollar and get a bunch of great rewards 
the exclusive Thunderquack podcast, as well as access to the Facebook group. And by getting access to the Facebook group, you get that direct line to us to send us suggestions for what we should read on the podcast. If you like this podcast, you can check out other great podcasts on the Thunderquack network by heading to thunderquack.com. 